let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and it's uh, it's our fiftieth birthday, mate. It's show yeah. number fifty. Happy birthday to us! Happy birthday, indeed. Should we um, should we toast that with a uh, with, with a beer? Yeah. Cheers. Well, it definitely does what it says on the label. It it does. It's got the peat. Yeah, hasn't it? I'm not a fan. I can tell that by your face. <laughs> you almost really... you're almost doing that cider. <laughs> yeah. Says on funky face. I mean, the the nose isn't. Too peaty, I don't think. It's almost more smoky wood. Oh, I don't know. I, I do pick the the, the peat up uh, straight but away. I suppose. On it. I mean, because I'm a fan of peaty whiskies, so I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, but I think the peat really comes through on the flavour, though. Yeah, it, it is. It is really strong. So, um, what we're drinking here is uh, peat super, which is which is one of the the, the Fullers and Friends beers. Yeah. So, so this is the collab with with Hard Knot. And for the uh, the more astute of our listeners, they would have realised by now that that's not what we said we'd be doing this no, week. No, no, we we definitely didn't say this. We I think we said whiskey and beer. We did we did say whiskey and beer. We were going to do uh, a Scotch, Irish, and bourbon whiskey comparison, and with a couple of the closest whiskies that go with them. As yeah, well. yeah. Um, but we realised that actually everyone's talking about Fullers and Friends at the moment. Yep. So it was a bit foolish of us, having gone out of our way to get our hands on some, yeah. to actually not feature it this week. True. And to be honest, a lot of people are talking about it because they can't get their hands on it. That's that's true. Um, it does. I've, I've got to say, uh, I was um, quite lucky in insofar as I actually phoned ahead to, to my local Waitrose, which is actually probably more your local Waitrose, than, local it waitrose, is, waitrose than, than, it is, than it is mine. Um, and I asked if they had any in stock, and when, and when they did, they, they said they did. They kindly put four aside for me, and I went down there and and picked them up for us. Yeah. But I know that quite a lot of people have had had some trouble getting yeah. their hands on. on yeah, on well, this. Um, mate, Carl, I know uh, Paul at U and RCDs had trouble in Croydon. I mean, I guess for, it's a little bit disappointing because I think we've we've known about these beers coming out for a few months now. Yeah, the release date was confirmed a little while ago as well. Um, it's a bit of a shame that everyone can't get their hands on it at roughly the same time. I think you lose a bit of the a bit of the impact and the impetus. Well, it, it surprised me because you you would have thought that with Fuller's distribution network and the size of Waitrose that they would have been able to have certainly got the beers into store on the day that they advertised that they yeah. were going to be in store, which was it was supposed to be on the thirteenth of November. Um, and I don't think a lot of them started appearing until the middle of that week. You picked ours up on what the Wednesday or the Thursday, so yeah. two to three days after the the release date. Oh, it's no point just getting them out into your, your into the main London stores for waitrose and stuff. And not everywhere has a waitrose, so people do. I mean, you Colchester is what twenty minute drive for you to get easily, yeah. So, be no, it's not like a Tesco. It's not like Tesco is on a lot of people's doorsteps. Waitrose generally aren't. It's not, and and, and when you consider the the hype that yeah. Fuller's have created around this as well and they've gone around the country touring these beers yeah, as well yeah because they did do six release nights effectively yeah for them to have not been able to then coordinate it to get the beers into people's hands and also I've got to say they've been pretty poor on social media about it as they've well they've been very quiet yeah um, 
And I think, again, you know, this isn't a do Fuller's Dance. I think anyone who listens to us are, are generally very big fans of Fuller's and their beers and their pub estate. But I do think that once they had, they must have realised that there was, it wasn't getting out there. That would have been fairly obvious fairly quickly to anyone who monitors their Twitter account because they, yeah. were, they were tagged in a lot of these. I just put a message out saying, look, sorry, uh, we we underestimated the interest, um, you know, maybe some of the logistics, whatever it might be. And I think people just dial it back then. Yeah, absolutely. Quite very simple, I think. It's an easy thing to do. And we've seen it with other people do it. Um, and with the, even themselves with the vintage ale, they had a similar sort of issue, didn't they? Because the online stock apparently sold out, but it just like they hadn't got it ready, but it got abroad. It got yeah. out to Europe quicker. You know, I like that Fullers are doing all this kind of thing, but you do still need to get the basics. Absolutely, and, and, and like I say, I mean, we're looking forward to, to tucking oh, God, into yeah. these th- these beers tonight, and we've also got kind of the annual beer o'clock tradition uh, at the end of tonight's show as well, where we're going to crack open last year's vintage yeah. ale uh, as well, which is normally reserved for the Christmas show, but as, as the Christmas show is now going to be the whiskey barrel aged one. I don't think we'll need the vintage ale for that one after all. I, I don't think it will work <laughs> quite, quite so well. Now, and, and I'm guessing that people may have also wondered why we've probably gone for, for the one that's probably going to have the most distinctive taste first. Um, and there is a method to our madness here. Yeah, we did discuss it. Our, our thinking was that this was going to be the one that's going to have the strongest flavour. Yep. And essentially, we want to be able to get to the vintage ale with a relatively fresh palette. Yeah, I think hopefully as we go through the order, the the sense behind it will come through. Yeah. So, you know, we've still got another five. We know, we you know, it's very clear where we're going to end up. And again, that will become apparent as well. And for anyone who's already got the set or seen it, I think they'll probably be able to guess fairly much a lot of the order anyway. Yeah, I think I think this is probably the one joker in the pack that yes. a lot of people probably would have finished with this one. Yeah. But we couldn't because we knew there'd be another beer after this. Yeah, I think if you were just stopping, then yes. Yeah. Because of that distinctive flavour thing. But because we want to finish on the vintage ale... I'm not going into vintage ale after Pete. Yes, indeed. No offence, Pete. <laughs> so, um, as I said uh, at the outset, this is the Pete Super. This this was the collaboration with Hard Knot. It's a smoked porter coming in at 7%. Um, the, the, the blurb on the label says, Named after the thick fogs that bedeviled industrial London, this delicious dark beer takes inspiration from the capital's 18th century porters. Smoky Pete, Rich Morton of trio of classic English hops make it one to savour. I don't disagree with any of that. No, no. And speaking about the, the, the pea soup thing was an actual thing because at work we've got uh, the Bearings archives and they've got like a, a diary from one of the clerks, clerks from 1928 and in there he had over 20 days off because of the smog. Really? And Bearing, Bearings office was yeah. in and around Bishopsgate. He lived in Earl's Court. Now, Earl's Court is walkable. It's a long walk, but you can walk it. But the advice was you weren't supposed to come out. So those days, you stayed in. So it's almost like a snow day. Yeah. But over, like, 20... It was like 25 days or something. It was recorded as not being in. That's, like, that's more an, than the annual leave would have been. If there was indeed such a thing as annual leave. Back, Although, that's but, true. But back then. But, yeah, so, I mean... But no, I wouldn't agree, disagree. I mean, it's 7%. I mean, it's... The description is apt. The description does do what it says. What I mean, I like about the bottle because I haven't really paid much attention to too many bottles. Is it's very much a hard knot style label, isn't it? 
it, it is, and that's that's what I think is has been the great thing about this collaboration series is that everything about these beers has been in collaboration. So from the design of the recipe to the, the, the choice of the style of beer to the name of the beer and to also the branding on the beer has been done completely in collaboration with the, the brewer from the visiting brewery and a member of the Fuller's Brewery team yeah. as, as well. And, because a lot of the names I think are very, very familiar to people who they've collabed with, Hard Knot, again, using the word you used earlier, it's a bit of an outlier as well. Yeah. So it's quite good to see them being brought into this collaboration with Fuller's. I've actually almost finished, so having said about the peat, it's really grown on me. It's softened as, as it's been in the glass yeah. for, for me. So it's now just... Um, it's actually almost becoming, it's feeling like it's been a barrel aged porter. Yeah. It's becoming um, that smoky rather than just yeah. out and out peat, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think, I'm actually finding it quite drinkable now. It's, it's very drinkable. Yeah. I'm not sure how many of them you actually drink because it is actually quite thick in the yeah. mouth as well. Yeah, it's got, it's got quite a heavy feel, a little bit dry at the end, but um, yeah, it's really working now, I think, after yeah. it's warmed up. Absolutely. It's a good opener. It's a very good opener. Are we still on the opening, Just? We, we are just oh, still on, on sorry the Sorry, everyone. <laughs> one <laughs> again shock up yeah uh, i'm gonna stop putting that warning in because they <laughs> always are now um so back to our sort of normal format this yeah. th- this week uh what what you been up to in the last week well obviously we had a very big beery catch-up last time which i think probably took about two-thirds of the show um but i i've done a lot less in the last week so the day after we recorded the last show i took the work uh beer tasting club uh, which is now in well into its uh, sixth year we started in march 2011 and we went to what was a new bottle shop for me uh, kill the cat on brick lane so for where my office is there about 15 minutes walk 10 minutes walk back to liverpool street and 30 seconds walk to a number of curry houses um very nice bottle shop the pit the guys in there really helpful <laughs> we tasted some really really good beers and I'll, I'll just give an example of a couple of them the guy who took the tasting Kieran uh, it's all got uh, lumped into it last minute he started on the Monday oh wow we, we so were there on the Tuesday proper baptism yeah. of fire that and it was it was quite quite an amusing evening because he, he kept on saying about we and I was going what do you mean we he was talking about his previous place because he worked at Red Church okay. so he worked at Red Church he'd studied studied at Harriet Watts as well so the guy knew his stuff um so that that was good. He, he really and he was he came across really well. He managed to find the balance between describing the beers, although it's a relatively experienced crowd we've got now at work for for doing the beers. But find that balance between not going too far and just pitching it just right. Some nice bits of information, threw in a few outliers as well, which weren't really part of the part of the official tasting. But um, we 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 got to try um, got to try the cherry cola vice, the magic rock. One and what did you think of that? Well, first of all, it just messed with my head to start off with because it's like cherry cola. Well, yeah, but better because I never really like cherry cola because I always yeah. find cherry cola just a bit too artificial. But I assume with cherry cola, cherries have never been harmed in the making <laughs> Probably of it, Probably never been anywhere near it. Whereas with the cherry <laughs> cola vice, cherries have been involved in the process. Um, but it, it does, it, it is like a really good cherry cola. And um, there's a few people who didn't, who didn't like it too much, um, but. I really did enjoy it, and that that was that was a really really good beer. Um, we also tried um, the Bel Air Sour from Brooklyn Brewery. 
which I thought was quite a good one to throw in because I found it's a very good entry level gateway mm. type of sour again it's got that little bit of tartness for it but doesn't really slay you and especially for some of the people I was with but uh, we also got to try Selassie uh, from Omnipolo again one of their oh, that's a big thick stout isn't it yeah yeah that was delicious that was a bit of a win for everyone that was a bit of a win for mm. everyone 4.25 on my untapped so you know that's that's big, 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 bringing big, out big the big score guns. big score for me there <laughs> and um Last but not least, we tried uh, Roses of Brett, which is a Saison farmhouse ale from Tuol. And I just said, it just reminded me of the Cantillon Rosé de Gambrinus, which I think is one of the best Cantillon beers I've had. So, so that was a, very much a win for you. Very much one. a win. Yeah. Um, yeah, but lovely spot. So if you are in the London area and you are going to Brick Lane and on Brick Lane, at one end of Brick Lane, you will find a couple of places, including, uh, you know, like Brewdog uh, and Well and Bucket. On Brick Lane itself, it's fairly much macro and obviously in the curry houses definitely macro if you fancy something before or after and, and you're in the neighbourhood then you'll do worse than going to kill the cat just avoid Mondays because they're closed and that's what 10-ish ten- minute walk from Liverpool Street yeah. station yeah probably about 10 minutes walk to 15 minutes walk back to Fenchurch Street so you're near everything but don't bother trying to get a taxi there or anything because Brick Lane just gets snarled up right never get a taxi there. get a taxi to maybe Spitalfields and walk but yeah, it was, it was well worth a visit. And for me, that was fa- fairly much it. So, so just the one adventure last Just the one adventure. I thought I'd uh, have a bit of a break. Just, just bring it down There was a lot of adventures. adventures. <laughs> um, probably in, in much the same vein. I only had, had the one um, beery night out. So I, I was invited along to the, uh, the, the Brooklyn Garrett Oliver ghost bottle tasting that you know what 44 I never saw anything on Twitter or Instagram about Garrett Oliver being in the country barely noticed it did you not barely (laughs) noticed it it was was like no (laughs) one knew he was here wasn't it Um, yeah I mean a a couple of things I um, met up with uh, Pete McCary uh, beforehand in in the Fox um, and had a pint well, had three pints of Colonel Citra Palau, which was just tasting on incredible form. Um, and then we walked down to Forty Foot Brewery, which is where it was held. Oh, is that where it was? It's I wasn't too my, sure. My first visit to Forty oh, okay. Foot, and I really liked the way it was laid out, all basically containers. Yeah. Um, and the the way they had laid it out, particularly for the evening as well, they had a sort of like a. So what what could very be dis, much be described as an eighties American gangster film from Brooklyn? Um, there was a, a an oil drum that had fire blazing out of it, and that was constantly being topped up throughout did the they evening. Have, did they have police squad firing at each other from either well, side? Well, there were sirens going on. <laughs> you know, you're in the middle of London there. Um, but it was it was the first time I've had the an. And I think anybody that's that's experienced it would describe it this way as well. First time I've had the pleasure to have been in, in Garrett Oliver's company. I still I still haven't um, had that particular pleasure. Holds an audience in the palm of his hand. You can just listen to the guy all, all night long. I think I think Pete even commented that if if he could have someone to narrate his life story, he would want it to be Garrett <laughs> Oliver. Um, and he just took us through uh, a, a tasting of of a series of bottles. So some of which are commercially available so some of the bigger brooklyn bottles that are commercially available and a couple of what are called their ghost bottles which only ever come out for these events that that he hosts as as well so the first two we had were were the ghost bottles and they were very uh they had both been 
produced with cider makers. So they had been produced with like cider lees in, in them and had, had a very sort of like sweet, soury taste. Because it was them who went with Thornbridge to produce Serpent, wasn't it? it that it was, was a similar principle, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, and then that was, the, that was kind of the gateway beer to go in from the ghost bottles that we did into the mainstream bottles. So we did Serpent and then we did the, um, we did the hand and not, not the hand, is it? Cloaking device. Oh, right. that we yeah. did yeah which was still tasting amazing well, that was banging last yeah. time when we had it uh, and then we went on to some of the darker beers so we did Black Ops and um, then the one that I keep trying to say is it Hand and Cloak or Cloak and Hand something like that. I'm just trying to go through my feed and find it um, Hand and Seal um, which was a, an American barley iron aged in cognac barrels uh, as well that was the final beer of the evening that, that we did have. So these done. must have all been pretty big, big beers, judging by the way you're describing them. Well, I, I don't think a single one of them was under 10%, and he did warn us all at the beginning of the evening. He said, you're going to get fair-sized pours of these. Um, he said, and it's only at the end of the evening you're going to realise just how strong the beers were. And yes, I did, because I fell asleep on the train home and missed my stop and <laughs> had, had to get a cab home. And then a couple of nights later, Mark Johnson went to the event in Manchester and repeated my feat <laughs> even more majestically than I had repeated it, and ended up with quite the cab bill. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it was. But it was a great event. It was, uh, like I say, just to have experienced the guy talking and the passion that he's got and the experience that yeah. this fella's got. I mean, well. I've always heard that. You know, once he does start speaking, once he's in there and he's got the crowd, he he people just stop and listen yeah and, and that's that's exactly what it was like there there must have been i don't know maybe 50 to 100 people there so not not a massive crowd um and yeah the minute he started speaking you could hear the hush come over the the, the audience. i hope the work beer tasting crowd know, know what i gave up for them <laughs> you did miss a great event mate <laughs> You really did, and and yeah, so, so that was really that was really it for me. It wasn't a bad just, one, though, was it? I mean, it's not a bad one to go. It wasn't a bad way. If you're only going to have one, an evening with Garrett Oliver is is a pretty good one. And some Brooklyn beers, yeah. And I, I'm really grateful to, to to Brooklyn as well for the. I mean, the tickets were free anyway, from yeah. what I understand. They did appear on Twitter, and they went very very quickly. Um, but we were offered tickets to go to the Manchester one, um, and when I subtly pointed out that we were based nowhere near Manchester they said oh do you want to come to the London one instead and, and you went yep yeah I was like absolutely yes please so thanks thanks to them for um, inviting us along to that did enjoy it um, and, and did enjoy the beers that we were given while we were there excellent so that, that's the beer adventures done so I've pulled um, another one of the Fullers and Friends yes what's, what's, what's up next telling us this so it's Galleon a dry hopped lager and this is done with four pure isn't it this one yeah. Yep. So this is four pure dry hop lager, four point eight percent, and again you sort of get the feeling that the artwork more lends itself to some of the uh, the four pure seasonal series beers that they've done in the past. Absolutely. But again, there's still some recognisable bits which go the same, like on the bottleneck, the Fullers and Friends. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Might take a couple more sips because I've still got a bit of peat, but wow. it is dry. Very dry. But it's it's um, very refreshing. I just haven't got all the flavour coming through yet. Yeah, I've got characteristics rather than flavour. I uh, these are coming straight out of the fridge, and I'm wondering whether they are a little bit too cold. 
True, at, but the, the lager. Cool. That is dry. You, you, you <laughs> would want a lager to be cold. Yeah. No, and no, also, I mean, you know, again, you know, have they, uh, as we progress through this, feeling like the pairings have sort of been with the guys who do certain things really well. Yep. And Four Pure do lager and pills well. They do. And Hard Knot, I've had their dark beers before as well. And it's probably, for me, my preferred beers that they that they do. So it'll be quite interesting to see as we progress through, have they sort of, have the friends presented themselves with the styles as you'd expect? Maybe, or maybe Fuller's have gone to them and said, we we know you're known for this style, can you can you do it? Yeah. So, so this is, as you say, it's dry hop lager, 4.8%, so it's quite a step down from the 7% that we yeah. started with. Um, we've used lashings of laurel, uh, a modern American hop, to give Galleon its unique character. There's bucket loads of floral, citrus, and delicious dark fruit flavour in this crisp, refreshing lager. Dry hopped for an extra punch. Well, I'm definitely getting the the latter bit of that description. I'm not getting the fruit at the moment, but that could be, like you said, we've taken it straight yeah. out of the fridge. It's certainly incredibly quaffable. I mean, that's that's one that you you would just pour that out of the fridge and. Yeah, I mean that's 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 really, really tasty. Um, so should we go into into the, the the news this week? Because have we not done that yet? We, we haven't done the news yet. Oh, okay. Um, but it's there's been a lot of news this week. There has. As, as for well. once, we're actually able to here to talk about it. I know it's brilliant. I was so excited <laughs> when stuff kept coming up. I was like, brilliant. We'll put that in the news. We'll we'll give them a ninety minute news show this week. Uh, because People will love, will love it. Yeah, absolutely. So first one up. Uh, we heard this week, this came from the Morning Advertiser, um, and this was uh, supermarket chain Morrison's uh, believes it's come up with the perfect solution to the, the conundrum of Christmas shopping by installing a bar in its Geisley West Yorkshire site. So the bar will serve a range of local owls, uh, an Italian wine and some cider lagers and craft beers. And this obviously follows on from Waitrose installing a wine bar in its shop in, in King's Cross in 2015. Now, that Do in itself... Have, sorry. I didn't know there was a wine bar in the Waitrose. Uh, neither did I, actually. But, suppose yeah, but you've been in there as well, haven't no, you? No, but it's only the little one. Maybe there's a bigger one. There must be a bigger one at, somewhere at there because Cross. yeah, we've, we've got the train at King's Cross enough before. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, now, that, that, that in itself, yeah, it's news, but the, the, the talking point here is that the, the morning advertiser then goes on to try and make the link between this and the, the drop in sales of beers in pubs um, and is this going to be another blow to the the, the, the on-trade um, oh, it's one no, it's I mean, one supermarket even if you've got every supermarket doing it basically I don't know about you but I tend to do my food shopping on my own so how many beers can I have in a supermarket anyway when I'm driving and I was going to say do you drive to the supermarket yes. to do shopping um, secondly you're probably just going to have additional beers because you're not going to substitute supermarket beers, a supermarket beer experience for a pub beer experience. So you're probably just going to, you might just have a few extra because it's there. A bit like when I went shopping in in Phoenix, Arizona, and found there was a bar which had like a hundred taps or something. Something like that would have an impact. Yes, because but... you'd go there anyway. The shopping bit would almost be the incidental way, but in supermarkets. More of a novelty for me. What, one Morrison's in West Yeah, Yorkshire? well, that's it, even if they roll it out. Eventually, they won't carry on doing local beers anyway. It'll become... It'll, it'll, be, it'll become mainstream, won't it? will become mainstream yeah. because someone would see an opportunity there. Yeah. So, so I'm not I'm not so sure about that, that being a threat, but 
it's interesting and, and like I say I personally when when I go food shopping to a supermarket my aim is to be in and out as quickly as possible I oh, see I don't mind food shopping it's the only bit of shopping I don't mind doing browsing up and down the aisles three for oh, two no. two for one I all that kind it. of stuff and if I saw a bar there I'd be tempted to pull up and have a pint or a half but would I make it part of my regular social scene? Your, your weekly regime. Probably not. I don't think the Victoria has to worry too much just yet. No, no, well, no, well you've not moved yet, but that's when they'll start worrying. Um, okay, so the next one is, uh, and this was quite uh, big news last week, because this actually made the, uh, the the 10 o'clock news on the BBC as well. No, I didn't see the news. Did, did they show the obligatory someone pouring a pint? No, they showed the obligatory, here's an aisle of supermarket beer. Oh, okay. And uh, a dodgy offie with special offers in the window. So, leading into... <laughs> um, the Supreme Court backs Scottish minimum alcohol pricing. I didn't know we had a Supreme Court. Uh, I'm learning everything tonight. Yeah, the UK Supreme Court has ruled that Scotland can set a minimum price for alcohol after a challenge was made uh, by the Scotch Whiskey Association. Um, legislation was approved by the Scottish Parliament five years ago, but it's been tied up, tied up in court challenges. Um, seven Supreme Court judges have said the le- legislation does not breach European Union law, um, thus resulting in ministers looking at uh, a 50p per unit minimum that would help tackle Scotland's unhealthy relationship with drink. I suppose my thing is, um, you're, yes, if you think you have got a societal problem, and I'm not saying there isn't, I, but I don't know enough about the facts and figures, then yes, you should feel obliged to try and tackle that. A bit like 70s and 80s, clump click, put your seatbelt on, that became law, etc. But it feels like there will be people punished who do have, who don't have an unhealthy relationship with it. Yeah. And there are people who buy beers in supermarkets who aren't buying a crate of 24 and downing it in two days or sitting in the park drinking it. And if you have got a problem... In my head, I imagine you'll find a way around it. Well, it's, I suppose you could relate it to um, the constant rise in price of cigarettes. People are still smoking. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's the price of cigarettes that puts people off. It's, it's, it's not. other factors. Yeah. Um, like I said, without knowing the facts and figures, and you know, if there are listeners who, who know a little bit more, then please please get in touch because our, my, my, fact, my facts based on this one isn't so good. But... It's whether the anti-alcohol lobby in England and Wales now and Northern Ireland will sort of jump on this and say, well, look, this gives them a bit of a fresh impetus, a bit of fresh legs, gives them the chance to do it. Probably doesn't really affect the on-trade so much. I don't see it happening in England. I really don't. True, but Because I mean, they've, they've, been, they've been Scottish laws passed before that no, never quite made it south of the border. Scott, the Scotch Whiskey Association, that's quite a powerful lobby in, in Scotland. Oh, you imagine so, yeah. You know, they've got some big money behind them. Yeah, I mean, I suppose arguably the Scottish Parliament could have just waited until Brexit in another eighteen months and not and just said, well, it doesn't not matter. Right, it's European right. law. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like you say, it would be interesting if we've got if, if we have got any Scottish listeners, and I'm sure we've got some some folks from Scotland. Well, listening we know, to we know the there's show. at least one. We're we're not sure what this actually yeah. means. So if you could get in touch and let us know what does it actually mean for you as a drinker? Yeah, is is it and they actually increase the price of a pint in a pub, for instance? For me, it feels like it won't. Or it shouldn't, because I don't think that's where they're targeting it. And the Sun did do a spread on 
Fridays. Uh, Hang on, are you really citing the sun as a source here? It, it can do price comparison. <laughs> Someone had it, we had it at work and we, they had like the, everything had gone up. So all the prices they showed had gone up by varying amounts. So, but I, I suppose for me, it's less than that. It's, does anyone think it will actually, there's a reason why they've done it. Will it make a difference? Will it make a yeah. positive difference to the drinking culture in Scotland is is the ultimate aim of this this law. And if anyone either has an opinion or actually has you know some fact-based information for us, please let us know. Because I'm actually really, really curious about yeah. it. Yeah, and we'll revisit it yeah. next week if, if anybody comes back to us. So, so while we're in Scotland, um, just mention that um, Brewdog on, on their Equity for Punks 5 have announced today that they've they've reached the five million mark in 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 that oh, really? round of funding, um, which is fantastic that they're they're still raising money. But I can't help but ask the question, with maybe the exception of you, is there anyone left in the UK that hasn't invested? <laughs> and I've decided at the moment to take a back seat on it because with the ha- with the housework going on at Michelle's, I probably need to hold on to all my my yeah. liquid assets yeah. rather than investing in liquid assets. Um, I don't know. I mean, there could be re- people who actually invest as an investment. So you could just be repeating the experience. Yeah, because they're, they're trying to encourage previous holders to reinvest yeah. for additional perks. And yeah. I, I've got to say, so far, there's there's nothing that they've offered me as an existing um, equity punk that will make me part well, of honest, any more money. It has to be quite a decent step up. So, uh, we've finished the, the galleon. That went down really easily. I think it went down really easy for a couple of reasons. One, it just sort of cut through what we'd just drunk beforehand. It was a proper step down, It was a proper it? step down. It was nice and sessionable. Hot day. I think that's a perfect hot day lager. I didn't really get those fruits coming through that they described, but I didn't really care. I, I liked the sharpness. I enjoyed the dryness. I enjoyed the fact that it made me want to just drink another one. That, that that beer, the first beer was a good sharer. The second beer, I would be quite happy to have a bottle each. Yeah, I, I I wasn't getting the fruits either. But like I said, I was getting the summer drinker. Yeah, which is ultimately what it what it. Yeah, is. I, know, so, I mean, I've I've always enjoyed the uh, the the four pure lager based beers. So yeah, I, I thought it was very good. So what's gone in the glasses now then? Okay, so we have a New Zealand saison. Matariki, which I'm sure Clayton will pick me up on my pronunciation, they're pretty sharpish. Uh, and this one is with. Who's it with? Marble. Why can't I see Marble on the label? Because you're looking at the wrong side. Oh, okay. See, professional here. Yeah. Yeah, Marble, so it's 5.8%. Belgium meets New Zealand in this zesty, spicy ale using wheat, oats, rye, alongside a quartet of kiwi hops. We've created a beer that both complex and very drinkable. Okay. Um, and again, for the uh, more astute amongst our listeners, this is three weeks in a row we've had a saison. Oh, that's definitely got that sort of Belgium yeast thing going on, hasn't well, it? Well, there's a funk in there that doesn't come across on the nose. No, the nose is, hides it really well. nose is really floral and really citrus. And then you take a sip of it, you've got a dryness that washes over you, and then it just follows through with that real funk real sweetness to it but again what I would say with the exception of the fruity bit on the uh, the lager description it's nailed the description yeah they are I mean these descriptions are spot on yeah I'm loving these descriptions actually because sometimes you just get a load of words yeah and you think okay that's told me 
bugger all about the beer. I'd rather you wrote down nothing and just left it to myself. Yeah. This one has sort of said it and it, it is doing it. And this is really dry, actually. This is. is really dry. When you take a little bit of a break in between sips, it's really dry. Which is a characteristic of those kind of beers. Well, um, and possibly also those Southern Hemisphere hops yeah. as well. I mean, they have it, I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think they've named... I don't think they've named... Have they named the hops? Contains malted barley, malted rye and wheat. No, I don't think they've actually named the different hops in there. You could maybe take a swing that there might be some um, Nelson. That in, would be in there. where I would dive in on. Yeah. But it's got that sort of dried white wine. Yes. Yeah. That, that you get from... Which lends itself to that kind of style as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's um, still ploughing through the news. Uh, this was quite an interesting one last week. There was a, a, an announcement from... Do you know how to pronounce this one? Mo- uh, is it Moda Lambic? I think it's Moda Lambic. Uh, okay, so... Um, Brendan Kearney probably does it better. It's probably, yeah, in that smooth <laughs> accent. Um, so after after an 11-year collaboration with Brasserie de la Seine, we decided not to work together anymore while stocks last. During the last three years, our friendship has disappeared little by little, and we've become a number like every other customer. Uh, the last stage was about the special batch of our anniversary beer ordered in June 2015. We released it two weeks ago and figured out that the cuvee was no exclusive at all, but to label beer available everywhere in town and in Belgium. This is not the first disappointment we had, but it would be for us the last. We have no war with Brasserie Delison, and we wish them good luck for the future. So kind of a little bit of a falling out there. Yeah, because I mean, uh, again, I mean, obviously, did the pub last with Ivan de Betz from Brasserie de la Seine and I did hear also again Belgium smack Brendan did an interview with both the owner of Moda Lambic and Ivan de Betz and I'm really surprised that this has all happened and also very surprised that if what the state if what the statement has said is that is accurate because I mean the guy from Moda Lambic was is very forthright but this has actually happened I mean if you are doing a curve special when you are saying it's basically just for Moda Lambic it should just be for Moda Lambic yeah. it shouldn't be available anywhere else unless Moda Lambic has put it in one of the other places but apart from that that should be it it shouldn't be just rebadged is that I suppose to, to, to draw a comparison is, is that almost like because we know um, Brewdog are using some of Red Church's new capacity to not Brewdog Beavertown are using some of Red Church's capacity to, to, to brew some of their beers. Is, is that like Red Church saying, actually, we're going to put our label on those beers and, and, and pass neck oil off as our own? If they did that, then yeah, it would be. Um, but, you know, just, it, it's a very... It was, I think that statement may have gone through a few lines being crossed out before it actually came out. So it feels... By all accounts, that statement is, is a translation from the either the French or Belgian that it went out. Yeah, what in. I mean is I think that it's very terse, very straightforward, straight down the line. It feels like there's definitely a, um, a level of anger behind it because, you know, they've had a relationship for 13 years. And I think Yves de Betz and Brary, Brasserie de la Seine and Moda Lambic, I think, came before them, but Brasserie de la Seine have supplied them almost since the start. Mm. There since they started, bit of a shame. Yeah, it is, and you, you know, not not the sort of spat that you normally see. No, from Belgium. No, it's, Norm- it's, normally, it's normally something that's reserved to the UK. Yeah, that, that, that yeah, sort it's, of, it's, it's the sort of thing we don't need to share. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but interesting nonetheless. That, yeah, that that one. 
Um, next up, we've got um, Wild Beer Co. have unveiled, unveiled new can designs um, following their brewery investment. So, uh, obviously, they've been canning uh, a couple of their beers, um, Bibble, Fresh, and Pogo, um, in what can only be described as some interesting artwork yeah. on, on the labels. Um, but they've decided to... Uh, have, you, have you seen this? Yeah, I like the new cans. Because they look like they're bottles. Yeah. They're, they're, they're black labels and they've got the stag's head on them. Yeah. And so I think you've either got the, the, the green for the drink fresh and you've got the orange for the yeah. pogo. It's completely on brand. Yeah. I never understood why the cans no. went off in different directions. Well, well you, I did because it was at a time where cans were going nuts and everybody was using that yeah, what we spoken Wild about Beer, the real estate. Wild Beer got a very distinctive brand. Yeah. Why muck around with it? Exactly. Um, if they'd been doing... If they were different beers to what they had in bottles or you're able to get on, on draft or whatever, fine, do what you like because that's your one-offs, your seasonals, whatever you want to call it. But for those, what I consider to be their wild beers such as they are, core beers, put them put them on the brand. I think those cans look really good. I think I think they look perfect. Yeah. And they will now stand out on a shelf more so than those previous cans I'll would sp- have done. I'll better spot them straight away. Yeah. And again, I like what wild beer do with their beers and I've got a few in the cellar, but I do like their pogo and drink fresh because they are they just work really well just as good, solid core core beers. They mm. had them in a in a nice looking can, I think it's good. Absolutely. And you and you've got to hope that that kind of black is gonna have that bit of a matte feel yeah. so it feels a little bit tactile. It hasn't got that just shiny yeah. you, you want to almost grip it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's great, and anything that's going to help them sell more of their beer, and it's it's great that they've been able to use. Going back to what we was talking about a few weeks ago about crowdfunding, yeah. that this is the first of that investment. What they're using coming to fruition in in into putting yeah. in, into their packaging. So so just to finish off the news this week, we've got a couple of items from uh, literally just from friends of the show. So over this this past weekend, um, Wayne and Janice from the Irish Beer Snobs um, did uh, their annual version of the Big Beery Night um, and they've raised almost 2,000 euros for Alzheimer's Island. That's brilliant. Well. They had some really good donations from, from what the, I from saw on Twitter. From the and, and everything and I think that's still going up as well because I think still people are still donating the price of a pint as, as well to that. So it's so a great stuff on, on that guys. Well done. Um, really incredible effort to raise that amount of yeah. money as well. And last but not least, number one fan. Number one fan, Miles Lambert, who completed a mammoth. Um, well, I mean, he was doing so much. He, he was, and I think everything was designed to keep him going through through these 24 beer reviews <laughs> he did in 24 hours. So it, it started on Friday night with the um, inaugural live TWAB quiz world championship. Who won? Um, Gareth. At Barrel Aged Leeds. Oh, okay. One. Oh, he got uh, 10 out of 10. Ooh. He nailed it, yeah. Um, second place was, I think it was Wayne and Janice came in second place. I got third, um, narrowly beating Mark Johnson. Okay. Oh, well done. Bronze so, medal? Yeah, I'll, I'll on take... The po- on the podium? I'll, I'll take a, absolutely take a bronze. Um, but yeah, hats off to Miles for, for for doing that, and you'll be able to um, you'll be able to hear the results of the the, the twenty four beer reviews in twenty four hours from the first of December. So I think he's releasing a, a short pod blast every day, and he's still got a Just Giving page live as well. He I has think. that will be in the show notes. Yeah, because um, I, I, I that's how I donated because I couldn't get involved on the night. 
as as will the link to uh, Wayne and Janice's as, as well. We'll put both of those links in the show notes, and if people want to donate to both one, either, just click on the it, link. It, 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 it's up to you. And that's the news. That is the news. A lot. This there was week. a lot of news, but there's yeah. some good stuff in there, though. I mean, it was, it was like a three beer news, mate. It was a three beer news. I'm, well, speaking of the third beer, I've almost finished that one as well. I'm quite liking the fact that all of these beers so far, three out of three, it's really nicely balanced. They are. They're not. They're distinctive. Yeah. In in their flavour. They are bang on style. Mm-hmm. Which is. Do you feel that's the Fuller's side of it? It's got to be, hasn't it? If all these beers have gone through Fuller's production at, at their brewery, yeah. they're not going to let these beers out if they weren't spot on. Uh, that's what it feels to me. It feels like it's almost, because obviously we had the uh, recent poll on collaborations, didn't we? And um, this feels like one of those collaborations where three out of three so far, they've really nailed what they were after. I'm not feeling let down. Well, well, no, because I think these are these are collaborations in their truest sense. You know, from from what I understand, they all got together in a room about a year ago, and they all discussed what this project would look like. So that's where this this whole thing started. From there, they obviously then planned out the the, the, the brew schedule in terms of how they would put all these different styles of beer through the the, the Fuller's production because they, they all had to come out at the same time. Yeah, so, I mean that that would have been logistically, especially at Fuller's, I imagine, especially after your your summer interview, they fairly much brew at capacity anyway. They're always trying to find ways of squeezing out more yes. beer out of their limited but lovely space over at Chiswick. So to fit this in as well, I reckon they had a whale of a time doing it. I bet they did. I bet they had great fun do- doing this. But so far, like I said, three out of three, I really feel like unlike a lot of clubs. And again, with and that's with breweries I really like, where you feel like they haven't nailed the best of either side. At the moment, I'm feeling like Fuller's and Friends, they've each brought everything you want from them. They brought the right the right bit of their game. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Spot on. That's what I would say at the moment, three out of three. Yeah. So final thoughts on the Matari? Matariki. Uh, but your turn to get told off by Clayton now. Um, yeah, again, it's it's on style. The the dry finish is delicious. I do actually quite like the fight the fact that it hides its funk on the nose because that straight away that would have stopped you. Diving. Oh, uh, yeah. that would have stopped you diving in, wouldn't it? And I think the fact that they actually managed to get it so that you got all of that saisony funky flavour going on only once you actually tasted it, I think was quite good as well. But even, even so, you only really get that impact the first time you try it. Going back in and taking subsequent sips, it was still there, but it had softened. And it, it was a lot easier to drink. Yes. Uh, as well. And again, I really enjoyed drinking but it. I think that's similar to what happened with the uh, the Pete Super. Yeah. So we had a really distinctive flavour on that. And you had three or four sips, and it really did start to mellow out. At the moment, I'm, I'm really impressed with these. And... Bearing in mind, and this was something I wanted to say earlier and I forgot about it, 12 quid. 12 quid for six bottles. Oh. And I think what they are, I think they are a great introduction to craft beer. Yeah. And the different styles that craft beer can offer. And I think the fact that you've got that Fuller's brand driving it with all of these small UK breweries, that can do nothing but 
introduce new beer to new people. Oh, definitely, because if, if, if there aren't, say, let's go to the Waitrose, which is where you can buy them, Fullers have been in Waitrose for a long time. Yeah. And so if there's, if there's only one name that people go for, one name that they trust, it's Fullers, and then they see this, and they're thinking, oh, do you know what? Ooh, £12, that'll make a good Christmas. I'll be happy to get this for Christmas. I'll be very I happy. I know we're tasting it now, and I know yeah. we've got a box each still. If someone rocked up and gave me another box... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too disappointed at no. all. Compared to that Green King box I got a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Bring, bring me a box <laughs> or that of Ma- this. Or that Masters selection you can get in Tesco. Yeah. Give me this one. Might have less bottles, but I'll take it. Yeah, abs- absolutely. So, uh, we've got another beer in so, yeah, we are We are racing yeah. through these. What, so, what's up next? New England IPA, and this may come as no surprise that this one has been done with cloud water. Um, again, the label... You've got the cloud water very firmly on the side of it. You can tell it's from the labelling and everything else. But I do like the fact it still says Fullers and Friends at the bottom and the top as yeah. well. Um, so this is a 7% New England IPA. Now, I suppose the first thing to say about this beer, Steve, is it's barely hazy. Well, barely it, hazy. it's clear. So <laughs> I had a New England IPA from two different breweries when I was in Phoenix at two different venues and neither of them were the hazy stroke skating onto the milk that we've become accustomed to over here and the pictures that the Iceman Paul pictures that became mm-hmm. very very familiar in spring and summertime although they say we've used oats, wheat and a mountain of hops Chinook and Simcoe from the US and Odicana from the UK to make a soft juicy New England IPA we then bottle conditioned it Old England style oh now, Interesting. I'm glad I left a little bit in the bottom because I'm presuming that's yeah. where maybe a bit of this going. But at the moment, this looks beautiful. It does. Cheers. A bit of tangerine on the nose almost. Only very slightly. Yeah. I'm getting tangerine on the flavour as well myself. Yep. It's got that kind of soft, juicy, low bitterness to it. Little bit of dryness. Obviously not to be mistaken for bitterness. But it hasn't got that thick mouthfeel that we've become accustomed to it it hasn't and and I'm like again the dryness all these beers apart from the first one I've had that dryness in it yeah I would have loved to have done this one when we did that blind tasting yes this we would have got this wrong to, to have seen if we could have could have got this because actually all of the characteristics are there even so far as as, as saying that the mouthfeel is a little bit thicker than, 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 than you'd expect I think it's less than the, it's not so much the thickness it's very soft yeah it's got a real soft mouth there. It's coming at 7% and that's not feeling 7%. doesn't say 7% at all. I'm quite liking that at the moment. I'm enjoying that. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I'm quite looking forward to this case. I'm hoping Michelle isn't listening to the show and me going, yeah, I'm loving this beer. She's going to go, I want to try that. I want to try that. <laughs> Maybe you should take the hint that you want one for Christmas. Yeah, come on and a box for Christmas. And go out and buy you another one. Um, so as we said at the outset, this is uh, this is Opinions 50. So this is our, our 50th yeah. show. Yeah. Um, so I thought we'd just uh, at this point just just have a little pause and have a little look back uh, at maybe some of our personal highlights uh, over the first 50 shows now 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 I'm going to open up with saying that when I first pitched this to you as as, as coming on board as as, as the co-host having, having done just one guest appearance um, my pitch was along the lines of a fortnightly podcast yep. that would take about an hour to record every week. And we'll come to about 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. 
How's that going? That's not so well. We that, ki- we, I think we killed that in about week two. Well, yeah, because we, we just hit it and started recording weekly. Yeah. And shows have got longer and, and, and longer as we've got more comfortable discussing things. Yeah. Um, which I, I was wary of. Probably about a, this time a year ago, I was quite wary of the length of the shows. Then we did quite a lot of uh, listener feedback where actually it seemed as though the majority of the listeners didn't care. Yeah, I mean, you were more worried about it than I was. Yeah. Right? But I think I had started listening to longer form podcasts anyway, and I yeah. thought, well, I'll just pause it. And I've, and I've kind of settled into the, you know what, it's as long as it is yeah. now. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. So for, for me, I suppose, that that's one personal highlight is that I've kind of... I suppose chilled out a little bit and and been less wary of the uh, of the time, and actually just enjoying sitting back and I, I think when I first pitched this to you, if I'm looking at the table <laughs> at the moment. If 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 I had said we're going to do a seven beer show on a Monday, on a Monday, I, I think I would have been pushing my comfort zone <laughs> to, to, to almost breaking point. But now I think nothing of it. No, I mean also I mean obviously I've done the one guest appearance and obviously I listened to the beer o'clock show. But I hadn't partaken apart from that. Whereas, probably for you, it arguably was more potentially more of a leap because you had a baseline. Yeah, you had the beer o'clock show as a baseline, over a hundred shows, quite easily in your back pocket. So to go a different format, different partner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I would say you made more of a leap, arguably, than I did. Well, yes. I, I had nothing to lose, really. I was the co-host as, yeah. as, as well. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, on 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 the beer o'clock show, Mark led. Yes, and and I just I just bought the beery knowledge. Yeah. Mark led. Mark prompted. Mark. Yeah, so I knew where from, I had to jump in. Mark moved you from one section to the yeah. next. That kind of thing. Whereas it's definitely a role reversal for you now. Oh, it's, yeah, and that was that was tough over the first few shows. Was getting used to actually. Well, how do I take? How do I take this from this discussion we're having now to the next point that we need to get to in the show? And and I, th- I think that's that's just become easier over time as we've got more comfortable set, sitting across a table with a, this thing between us. It, it, we've fallen more into that. Yeah, and that helps as well. We are in the same place at the same time. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to add, I think that what you and Mark managed to achieve over your four, five years together when you were... Very rarely in the same place at the same time, I thought it was really good to actually do it purely by like Skype chat effectively, yeah, and get it into a show where it wasn't that obvious that you weren't in the same place at the same time. I thought it was really good. I I think this is probably an easier format because we can see each other, prompts are easier, facial expressions, everything else. So you know, it, again, it, it was different for you. It was, but you know, I just haven't looked back now, and I just really, really enjoyed doing what we do. So, what what have been any real standout shows for for, for you that, that that we've done that, that really leap out as being? Yeah, I really enjoyed that experience. The collabs we've done with other podcasters, agree, definitely. Yeah. They're they're such great fun because just to just to name the you know the with the free beery podcast that we did particularly. Um, I'll let you mention a bit more Roland but we did Beanomicon up in Manchester we did Rhythm and Brews in London and we did with the snobs in, in Ireland and all of them were just such great fun sort of forgot we were recording most of the time to mm-hmm. be honest they were really good fun I still really enjoyed our two parts of a Goose Island purely 
purely because the two guys we spoke to were just so passionate just so, and so knowledgeable yeah as, as I mean well. we didn't do much <laughs> we, we just drank a lot of beer we drank a lot of the beer they gave us um, and just listened to what they were talking about and forget about any other conversations about macro who owns who you could not deny how much passion these guys had and I just really enjoyed listening to them yeah and um, quite happy quite happy when I bump into them at any events Johnny Johnny and uh, Josh um, and just a couple of other ones for me um, one of the recent ones the Midlands I know that our quality of recording wasn't what we wanted oh but it was it was a great couple of shows uh, yeah and I really do hope that people managed to catch some of um, not just not just what came out of it but just the enthusiasm and the fun that was had on that, that afternoon and the hashtag too drunk to care will live on forever for me and I can hear Sarah's, Sarah's voice every yeah. time in my head yeah, and and probably the other one, which was probably one of our biggest challenges actually, was when we did the craft beer ale. Oh, that was a brilliant show though. That that was so much fun to record. Yeah. It was it was a hard hour. It was a bloody hard hour that, that one that that we did, but doing it and engaging with our audience at the same time as recording, yeah. and and then putting it out, and and then actually being able to give folk. Uh, uh, an actual uh, something they could listen to to give them an understanding of what it's like to host craft yeah, beer hour exactly because which, people who hold, host craft beer hour they're doing a lot of responding yeah oh and it's easy to miss because you know we had we were doing multiple polls and it's easy to miss the odd comment and things like that so I, to just keep on top of it but that it was a great challenge but it, it was good fun that hour flew by yeah I'd, I'd love to repeat that as well because yeah. it was it was a lot of fun to yeah do. so if we get the chance I'm definitely definitely up for doing that yeah. uh, what, what about yourself um, well I, th- I think one one that you kind of preempted was again one of the collaborations that we did we, we were hoping it would be with Steve and Roland but, but Steve was un, unable to make it um, but we did the collaboration with Roland that was around coffee and beer that was superb and, uh, and we got to sample three coffees and then three beers which the coffees had been used yeah. in and we got all this knowledge about coffee from Roland as well it blew my mind it still blows my mind now the, that, coffee's that whole, not coffee yeah that, that whole coffee's not coffee still blows my mind see I'm, in my head I'm just thinking Matrix yeah <laughs> so, so that's that, that one was a real standout for, for me and, and then probably yeah agree with all the other ones you've mentioned there the, the, the other one and more recently has, has been the, the, the one that we did at the Victorian uh, around Sparklers which I, I would say in the 50 episodes that we've done that's the one episode that's had more comments and more feedback and more traction. Over the longest period of time as well. Because well, we're still getting comments yeah. now uh, about it. Um, and I learned an awful lot that night. And I think a lot of people that listen to that show also learn a lot about yeah, it made the that, sparkler. It made the whole discussion about uh, sparklers, yes or no, to be, not to be, a lot more nuanced yeah. than when we first started that, that particular little journey. And if I can ever find, if we can ever find anything that ties in again with something that we can do with Andy and the Vic, we'll definitely do it. Oh, absolutely. Because people have loved listening to him because not just the knowledge, but it's the passion about it. Yeah. The passion behind it. Well, we do have a little plan for the new year yeah. that we're hoping comes off that will if, involve the If Vic. it does come off, then yes, it will. That'll be good because we won't have to do much at all that second bit. 
No, but we might have to do a bit on the first. The bit. first bit we'll have to do, but you have to wait for that one. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going to reveal that yet because yeah. we're still we're no. still we're still agreeing what's going no on. No spoilers there. just yet. So it's been it's been a great first fifty. Yeah, I I, I think and, and not I think bad for Saint half centenary. It's yeah. half century. Yeah, it's when they sort of uh, in cricket they just do a little nod to the crowd, don't yeah, they? Yeah, half century. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's probably going to take us a little longer to get to the next fifty because we are going to change things up a little bit in the new year, yeah. aren't we? We're gonna we're, we're gonna drop to a to a fortnightly schedule, um, bit because keeping on top of this on a weekly basis is hard work. Yeah, I mean, uh, and this is where I'm going to le- leap in for a bit because I know you're, what you're about to say, but for me, it's it is hard work sometimes just because either the day job. The fact that we, you know, we do get the chance to either get invited to other things, which is quite hard to fit in when you've already taken a day out of your week anyway. Um, and, you know, we both have, you know, relationships and parental responsibilities as well. Um, but also, you know, you do all the editing. So just to be clear, I do none of the editing. Once we finish up here, um, I do none of the washing up and <laughs> Steve does all the editing. It's fairly much how it works. When it comes to mine, I then have to mop the floor because he's used to spill beer. I'm not allowed to pour beer at yours. No, I've stopped that. Yeah. Um, but I still don't do any of the editing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to thank you for doing the editing. Um, and, yeah, it does take a bit of work because, you know, this fits around whatever else we do as well. So I think that I'm quite looking forward to us being able to maybe do a few more specials every now and again because we'll have the time to do them and maybe mm. a few more pod blasts if we get to go and meet a few more people in between doing the shows. So I think overall content, I'm not too sure how much notice there'll be, but regular shows is going to be every other week. Her opinions, this format, yeah. will we'll go every other week. It might be that we still end up back, end up putting out weekly shows because, as you say, we're able to do those other bits yeah. as, as, as well around it. But, but the other shows will be three hours, so you'll get the same amount of content per month. Absolutely, yeah. We could just, we could just, just record three hours on a fortnight basis <laughs> and put it out in two parts yeah you'll love it yeah, yeah. so we, you still get the same amount of us waffling in your ear um, so we're, we're heading to the end of this beer um, loving it it's this is really easy to drink if ev- uh, if every New England IPA was like this I'd have no issues because for me it's this feels like um, an evolution of the West Coast style IPA rather than it rather than a revolution yeah so Rather than this, okay, that's what West Coast does, so we're going to do everything the opposite. This just feels like we've just shifted the boundary a little bit and we're going to dial down the bitterness, give you a bit more of that fruit profile. We're still going to leave you a bit of dryness and we're going to make it superbly drinkable. And you know what? I'm loving it. Again, two bottles there to share. I'll be more than happy with that. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to add anything to it because I think you've sum, summarised that perfectly. Opinions, 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 opinions. So this week, um, this week's question was uh, adapted from uh, an original tweet that came from Cowboy Drinks Craft, um, and we asked the question: as it's that time of year where we find ourselves in venues not serving drinks of our choosing. What do you drink when there's no decent beer on? So a lot of votes this week as well. So 448 votes. Um, we gave four options. Uh, Which we well. haven't done for a little while. We, we haven't, but we felt as though it was necessary, it was necessary on, for on, this, on this, this occasion. So we, we gave macro lager offering, wine, spirits, or something else. So 33% of the vote went to the macro lager offering. 
30% went to something else, 23% to spirits, and only 14% to wine, which I was quite surprised with, actually. I thought there'd be a little bit more balance between the, the, the wine oh, and I the spirits. So, um, first of all, we, we did get some feedback from Cowboy Drinks Craft at Cowboy Drinks Craft, um, without the vowels, um, who said when he did the poll, people ended up voting for lager on, on his poll. It started out as mixers, but strangely ended up as, as lager, which, which, which he wouldn't have thought of. Now, I kind of did expect this to end up uh, at yeah, macro Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, if we'd thought about it, probably we could have just said macro. Yeah, because we had a lot of people, and you'll find out why in a minute. But you could have, you could have. I mean, because even some places, you could argue. I don't know offerings like Doom, anything on smooth or cream flow sort of counts as macro these days because they're all made by the big boys. Yes. So you could almost have said macro, but I, I, I wasn't surprised um, macro because if you've ended up in that sort of venue for whatever reason and because we we spoke about this and I sort of said well let's tie it into the time of year because this is the time of year when we as beer geeks beer nerds probably have a little bit less control about who we're meeting and when we're meeting and where we're meeting um, yeah. whether that be organised things or just catching up with people that thing where you say well we haven't caught up for 11 months so we must do it in December because we haven't we can't do it any other time that's the only time you can catch up yeah. with people yeah um, so you end, you you may not end up in the place you would have uh, necessarily chosen yourself because maybe it involves having a bite to eat as well and you know notoriously yeah. if you've got a food menu you've probably got a bit a lot of the time a bit of a rubbish beer menu um, so I'm not surprised because you can get you can get macro offerings near enough everywhere so that's not a shock in itself um, did, did Cowboy Drinks Craft say where where what what his other choices were is what I can remember or did he just do it as an open question no there, there were other choices and they were very similar to what what, oh, okay. what, what we put there um, I, I don't remember the original tweet I'm, I'm, I'm sorry but I, I think from, from my I'm going to jump straight in with kind of a, a personal viewpoint on, on this one before we take some of the comments okay. Now, uh, up until uh, earlier on this year, I was fortunate enough to, to, to work for a company where for 13 years I've not paid a penny for a Christmas do. And the, everything from the food to the wine on the table to the bar has, has been on the company. Now, in, in those situations, I've been very happy to drink what's put in front of me because it's Christmas, I'm not there necessarily for the beer i'm there to have a good time with the people that i work with so i will quite happily drink the wine that's in front of me on the table and equally when it then switches to the bar i'm quite happy to to drink the macro lager that, that that's on offer and, and again conversely to that this year i'm i'm going to be starting a new job two weeks before christmas there's a very good chance i might end up on a christmas do with a whole load of people that i've never met before the last thing I want to do is walk in and say, the beer's a bit shit in here, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's not really the opener that, that I want to go for with new work colleagues. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm sort of, again, I'm 13 years at the company I am and everyone does know because obviously we're through the work beer Yeah, I was going to say, it's slightly different for you yeah. though, isn't it? So, I mean, we have upped our, beer, our house beer selection recently, but we, now, we no longer hold our Christmas parties on site. So we're beholden to the external venue and the event organisers. And 
so again i'll do my point of view last year i i didn't really enjoy the christmas party because the drink selection was so shit not just the beer selection because it just basically we had peroni and i think old speckled hen or london pride and i thought do you know what that's not all i want to drink so i probably my fault because i made the mistake of going to the old fountain and the draft house beforehand well let's have a look at the wine and the wine wasn't any great shape. right okay gin and tonic gin and tonic i can't fail with gin and tonic they had they sort of start to run out of ice and they just had gordon's and I, again a bit of a snob um, gordon's is probably my least favorite gin as well because it's just dry don't really get anything from it so this year i'm probably in two minds about going to the christmas party this year because if it fits in but I can meet someone else for uh, that evening and I can get maybe something a little bit better then that will work better for me but on the other hand I am very much of the similar thing of you that the company I work for does pay for it all food and drink and then you all I have to do is rock up mm. um, so I never want them not to do it I'm just not sure that at this time of the year I need to have a night when I'm having lots of alcohol and then maybe just not enjoying it so much when I can when I'm doing other nights when I'm having lots of alcohol and enjoying it but let's let, let's take it for a moment just out of this this time of year because if I go back to my experience in the summer I spent a week at a holiday park in Hayden Island where I was quite happy to drink Carlin all, all, all week long because it was pretty much the best offering on a I really know, bad you're lucky, you're lucky we got to show 50 after you said all of that <laughs> but Sometimes I just feel as though you need to dial down that snobbery. Is it snobbery or is there anything else I'd pay for that I don't like to have? Well, I, I, I suppose my, my option was because that there was bottles of punk in the fridge, which, which I looked at from a distance and I was like, okay, firstly, I don't know how long that's been in the fridge. And secondly, I'm guessing it's going to be at a premium. Oh, be more. So, I was at the Arizona State Fair. They had loads of stuff. So when I was in Phoenix, they had lots of beer places. And you could get um, what was their pint was $10. But it quite clearly said craft beer was another $3 on top. Yeah. But it was craft beer from the macros anyway. Yeah, so, so it's, it, it's, you it's know, a difficult balance. Yeah, and, I, and so I thought, do you know what? It's a hot day anyway. Me and Michael are just going on the rides. I'll just have water every now and again yeah. and soft drink. I'll park it until I get back. Don't home. always need it, do you? That's I've got thing. a few beers in the fridge. Yeah, I go back to the apartment. Yeah. but before we go too far, I've poured the fifth beer. Okay, so this is um, Flora and the Griffin. Now, from that title alone, <laughs> people should be able to guess where this one's from. So this was a collaboration with Thornbridge. This is a red rye ale coming in at seven point one percent. Uh, this punchy red ale is made with a diverse range of ingredients, including spicy rye, malt, and a bold floral American hops. A beer named after the symbols of both breweries, Flora and, and the, the Griffin. Griffin. So, like the title yeah. on, on that one. Really do. Cheers. Not really getting into that rye spiciness. Spiciness that sometimes puts me off a rye beer. I'm just getting just this well-balanced, sweet, almost, I hasten to say, almost like an ESB type quality to it. I'm, I'm getting caramel and toffee yeah. and I'm getting hints of the spice just, just around like the edge of the tongue as, as, as it goes down. But 
So the only one, un again, this is a bit unfuller's like, isn't it? Because there's only one beer under 5% here. The, the, the lager. Which, which was the lager, which you wouldn't necessarily want over 5 No. So the Saison was under 6 The other three have been 7 and above. They have, yeah. But none of them have drunk it. No. This Again, this is really light. Yep. Really easy to drink. This, so far, because I was a little bit nervous, because I said at the start, although we had the whole thing about the stores... Big fan of Fuller's. Absolutely, yeah. We 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 love Fuller's, yeah. which I know some of our listeners from a certain half of the country necessarily <laughs> don't understand why what we get about Fuller's, but we do like Fuller's yeah. beer. So there's no point in pretending otherwise. And I was a little bit, oh, I really hope this works, you know, because they've collaborated with some really good people here. I, I want everyone to turn up bringing the best of what they yeah. do. And so far, I have to admit, I'm loving it. I think they have. Now, I've, I've also had this one on cask uh, at the Owl House in, in, in Chelmsford. Which oh, it was about a month ago or so, wasn't it? Yeah, month, six weeks, and it was kind of... Um, when I questioned, because it had a different name as well. Um, so I did was, you ask them to find out if it was the beer you thought it was? Well, no, I, I tweeted Thornbridge and said, is this the same beer? And they said, yeah, it's basically the pilot batch that we did at Owl's that we wanted to try on cast to see if it worked. And what did you think of it then? It was a lot sweeter, it was a lot spicier, and it was much more barley wine-like than, than, than what we're drinking now. Um, and that was on cask? That was on cask. But I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I drank a pint of it. Good man. Good man. <laughs> pint of cask. Yeah, absolutely. But no, this is this is really... Um, mm, this is really nice. I'm, I'm liking that little bit of sweetness going all the way through it. Yeah. So let's get into some some comments from this week. So so, so first of all, we, we had a lot of people um, talk about Guinness and gin. Yep. <laughs> so uh, and, the, and the first one in on this was uh, the owl lady at the owl lady that says Guinness as a general rule, none of that extra cold nonsense. So if not gin, all in capitals. Gin was in capital letters. Fairly much agreeing with the owl lady there because <laughs> Guinness. I know plenty of people agree, but Guinness. You fairly do. You do know what you're going to get. It's kind of my default yeah. as, as as well. If if there's not a lager that I fancy, because generally I'll go for a lager, and I'm quite happy to drink. I, that I'll, for a I would go for Stella. I, I I probably wouldn't drop down to the the Carling or Foster's, despite one of my friends who I was away in Amsterdam thinking that we should definitely do a podcast all about Foster's one day. I said no so far. I'm resisting that temptation. Um, but Guinness for me, I mean, it, well, it is actually quite hard not to get the extra cold now. It, it is. Um, I don't mind it though. I've got to say I don't mind the extra cold. If I have to, I'd still have it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big gin fan as well. But I mean, you you wouldn't go for the gin, would you? No. I'm, I'm still even after that show that we did way back with. We had the with, 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 with Ruth. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm still still not a fan. Of that. So so just let's, just let's name check a few of the others then. Who yeah, agreed. Just, just a bit of a roll call. So you can probably add my name to this list yeah. because Guinness would be a default for me. Guinness would be a default for you as well. Yeah. Um, so Paul at UNRCD, James at Garen Barron, Simon Clark at Simon Carbon, Kaylee at Kaylee Pie. Who loves your baby at Twitch at Paul at Okay Fine If I Can See. Catherine Wikes at Mrs. Kathy Babes, Cal Caledonian Cider Co. Interesting one. I love it. Caledonian Cider Co. said I love a Guinness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at Caledonian Cider. Gavin Marshall at Gav underscore M. Kenya Magazine at Kenya underscore Mag. Pete, J Pete McCary at PJ McCary. Mark the Gasman at Mark the Gasman. And Bacallion at Iron Bacallion. All said they'd go for Guinness. Yeah. If, if there was nothing else on. 
Although someone did say they'd go for, uh, I did say, someone said, even if it's one of the, where you get the can and they put it on that vibrating plate. No. 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 Absolutely not. No. That that vibrating plate can do one. There's no need yeah. for that. Um, and then a uh, slightly shorter uh, role of honour for, for those um, name checking gin. Uh, Mr. Ian B at Mr. Underscore Ian Underscore B. Rach at Look at Brew. Cat Seal at Katrina. Stephen Hadfield at The Saddest of Fields. Ruth Mitchell. Shock. And Beer Fairy <laughs> and Reiki at Reiki. So very much Guinness and Gin were the the, the, the winners of the other offerings. I wonder if that's also the gin thing, because such a resurgence in gin these days. I mean, you've almost got as many gin distilleries is, is in London. Is there a whole as... gin thing going on that we're missing? Well, that you're missing. That I'm missing? Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're missing it less than I am. Okay. Um, yeah, because, I mean, say if you take um, the arbitrage near me at work, they do eight taps... Seven of beers, one a cider, they're all London. And they have just basic gin and maybe a couple of other offerings. Um, I think there's probably, I think there's as many, almost as many gin distilleries as there are breweries in London now. Wow. It's really taken off. Um, I, I'm a big fan of gin. So I would, if they, if I could be guaranteed Guinness and gin at the Christmas party, then maybe I'd go. But you'd be happy. But not Gordon's. Okay. I'm just not a fan. It just so, doesn't taste nice. So just, just get that one Get that one out there now. Yeah, maybe I've mentioned it yeah. twice now. Yeah. Right. So some some, some others. Um, so usually beer, whiskey, if there's something decent, cocktails on a big night, very occasionally wine, and that's from Colin Strong at Colin Strong. And on a similar vein, cider, cocktails, if somewhere that, that does them good, spirits when it's a big night, from, from Roland Glue at Has Been New Boy. So uh, a lot of people kind of virgin on that yeah quite happy to find something else if if necessary yeah. you, you know we're out we're having a good night yeah my pre- i mean again the work christmas party for me we don't because we hold it next to they don't have hand pumps and stuff so it's always just bottles so you're a bit more beholden if you go to a, if you meet up with friends in a pub like where i'm going tomorrow night which is in uh shenfield the hutton it's a green king pub it's a it can be a bit of a poor selection on beer sometimes you get a decent guest um, but they, they usually have a wine I can go for, and yes, if worse comes to worse, they've got Guinness. Yeah, and there's, there's I, I, I drink Guinness. I, I I don't mind Guinness. And you've got to say what ninety seven, ninety eight percent of pubs have got Guinness. Yes, unless they've gone full on craft and refused to have it. Yeah, and we know a few places like that. And that's fine because they usually have another stout yeah. which they offer. And if you're in that place, then I probably don't have to default to the stout offering anyway. Exactly, because, <laughs> because there's going to be other things yeah. on, on, online. So, so, so why we're talking about that? That, that, that there was something that came up during this poll that was a little bit unexpected. I, 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 I guess it might rear its head, but the level at which it came up was very much unexpected, which which was around snobbery and and, and being a bit too much of a beer snob so it was first raised by the bearded one so at the bearded one who said you're all snobs hand pull one hand pull two (laughs) hand pull three then bottled beer then whiskey and coke repeat when out at christmas it's about the company if you're thinking about beer when spending time with people at xmas then why the hell are you out i don't agree with that you don't agree with that because again i'm just uh, i'm just filling myself with dead calories then Beer is dead calories anyway, but I want to enjoy it. So I would still like to drink something I enjoy. Otherwise, I would prefer to be designated driver that night, to be honest. Okay. Um, so no, I don't agree with that. It doesn't mean I would avoid the night out, 
but it doesn't mean I'm going to drink Hample 1, Hample 2. Hample, Hample 1 is Green King IPA. Hample 2 is Doom. Hample 3 is Speckled Head. They can go fuck themselves. I'm not going to drink it. Just because it's there. Yeah. I have done it at a wedding because there wasn't even Hample 1 or Hample 2 or Hample 3. It was Green King on keg. Oh dear. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so on, on a similar vein to that then, Mark Johnson at Mark and Johnson also got got involved and said um, on his works do he do he does hammer the wine and gin, uh, which is obviously you know give us an idea of his preferences. But also on a side uh, a side point, the idea that people cannot drink anything but craft beer and flat out refuse to go to places that don't really grinds my gears. It's entitled snobbery. There's more to life. So do you also disagree? Yeah, because with, I don't with think that it, comment? it's not just about craft beer. Because let's face it, most of the places in the UK don't sell craft beer. Craft beer is a bubble. It's a, it's, it's a, it is a bubble. It's it a is big, still a bubble. It's yeah. a bigger bubble. We just happen to live in that bubble. We happen to operate in that bubble. And when we talk to people who we generally chat to, they know what we're talking about. But craft beer isn't available everywhere. It just simply isn't. So again, the default options of a decent red wine or some Guinness or some gin, fine with that. But I see no reason why, that again, why I'd want to just... I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be quite good with my dead calories. If I'm going to have dead calories, I want to be something I really enjoy. So if someone just put a part of processed cheese in front of me because I want some cheese, well, I'm not going to have it. I want a decent bit of cheese. If I'm just going to sit there and eat cheese all night, I want it to be good. So why would I do any different with the beer? That's a fair point, and I can see the point you're making um, there. But I, I, I did kind of find myself leaning towards agreeing what Mark was was agreeing with what Mark was saying and and that was maybe because of some of these other comments that yeah that, I mean that, I, that, I, that I threw it, I threw in something didn't I off the back of the poll saying <laughs> or um, do you make an excuse a polite excuse <laughs> or a reason not to attend yeah. I mean I haven't done that the Christmas party is a bit different because like I said I I didn't really I, I said I probably did myself no favours last year by going to two really good places beforehand I should probably just go where everyone else is going, have some macro beers or Guinness and then go to the party if I was going to do it. Well, on, on a similar vein, previously, our Christmas do's were a, it was a must attend, it was a non-negotiable, you had no choice, you had to attend the Christmas do because it was wrapped up around uh, a kind of day event either side of it. Oh, okay. That, and, and it was all in Leeds and our HQ was in Leeds and we had to travel to Leeds so we had to be there unless you were on leave unless you had a good reason to be on leave you you, you had to be there so dead or jury service yeah so and obviously being in Leeds <laughs> many occasions I found myself having a quick pub crawl around town before going to the Christmas do or drinking a lot of really good stuff in my room before the do and then finding myself faced with maybe Stella at the bar or the red wine on the table, and I very much normally ended up drinking the red wine, the, the red wine on, on the table, because by that point, there's no coming back with Stella. No, if, 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 if you're going to have Stella, it's got to be early on. Yeah, yeah. Then you could do, I, I can do a night on Stella, as Michelle will tell you, but I need to start on it. I need to, to, to do it. It's, it's got to be your night's drink, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, not to go like you just, you did like maybe meet up with a few people, a few of the hot, hot spots in Leeds, and then go, right, I'm going back to the hotel now. Stella. Pint of Stella. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just filling myself up with fizzy. Actually, strange to say, because uh, before we went to Amsterdam, me and Carl stayed at um, 
the, the, the hotel, the Holiday Inn Express near South End Airport, just because it worked out better logistically the next morning for an early flight. And we'd had some nice beers around mine and Michelle's. And then we got there and they had Stella. Okay, well, we, we, we had some nice beers. Let's have a Stella. Stella Black. And it was awful. I haven't had Stella Black for years. Really? It was dreadful. And so we had a date night with a bottle of red wine instead. Beautiful. Yeah. Candle? No, but we could see out onto the airstrip. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it was, lovely. It was, it was a lovely. poetic moment. So, so just to finish this then, uh, this week, uh, just to, while, while we're still kind of skirting around that snobbery, what, what about a few of these comments um, that, that we got? So we got, um, I'm going to not name names to these. If if, if, if people are listening and recognise this as, as, as your own, then so be it. Um, distress situations. Yes, yeah. What is a distress situation? Is, it, is that where you find yourself in a bar with no craft and you panic? Well, possibly, but are we talking no nothing? So we're saying that there's nothing at all that you'll you'll have. I didn't. I, I read that one. I wasn't too sure what distress situation meant. Possibly, and I've, I've maybe isolated some of these comments from sentences from tweets because I thought they'd, they'd, they'd make more impact. Uh, what about then goodbye and off to a proper pub? <laughs> what where you where basically you make your excuses? Yeah. Which is, which is what you were getting at. And the final one, uh, refuse point blank to touch macro beers. Is, is that ultimate snobbery? That probably is. Now, again, I know I've said that, you, sh- you know, what you're paying for and dead calories and stuff. I would struggle point blank to actually refuse if I was somewhere. You've, you've got to have a drink, haven't you? Sometimes you've got to have a drink to be polite. And also, take you, this in these coming weeks, new job. And then someone says, oh, do you want a pint? You go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll have a pint, a pint. And they go, come back with a pint of macro lager. And you Green go, King IPA. And you go, what'd you get that for? Yeah. That job's going to go well. Yeah. So, sometimes I think you have to work out the environment yeah. in which you're in. And- I said, for me, I'm now 13 years into the company I'm at. Yeah. No one to be surprised at me now. In fact, it goes the other way for me. If I am caught having a macro beer, oh, you drink lager. You, you get... Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, I get pulled up the other way now. Yeah. I, can, I can imagine. I can imagine. Final point on this one then, uh, and this is from um, at Clayfish. Um, is this poll indicative of the offering in pubs on the Crimbo Crawl? No, it's it's, it's absolutely wor- not. It's worse than the Crimbo Crawl, Clay. No. It's not. It's not worse on the Crimbo Crawl. <laughs> no, the Crimbo I, Crawl. I just thought this would be a great opportunity to, yeah. to talk about the Crimbo that, Crawl, which is fine because the, the the Crimbo Crawl lineup is looking fantastic. But before you give us a few more details, Steve, I've poured the sixth of the Fullers and Friends beers. I'm going to say this is the one that I'm most excited about out okay. of these six and now beers. I understand why, because there's a couple of good reasons. Uh, one, this is uh, between Moore and Fullers, and you could argue that their ethos is fairly close together. Absolutely. Um, but they've done their version of... It's a, it's a version of ESB. So I, I thought it was the original recipe of ESB. That the, re- that's why it's called so Rebirth. That's the reason why. Okay. Yeah. So, and this is obviously the style that Fuller's effectively created. Yeah. This style didn't exist before Fuller's brought out ESB. And again, I think it's probably on record somewhere that Steve and I are both big fans of ESB anyway. When you get a good pint of ESB. You know it. Yeah. And you can do an eye on it. You'll feel it, but you can do an eye on it. So yeah, and again, the labelling... It looks like a more can label on the front. Yeah. It feels like it's got the shield and the red across the, the middle. 
Um, this comes in at 6%, which is slightly higher than the current Fuller's ESB iteration. So it's inspired by the very first ESB recipe. We've used hops from Britain, Australia, Slovenia, and the US to create a rich, complex, delicious ale. The original ESB from 1971, reborn. Oh, the year I was born. I didn't know ESB was in. Just proves that I do actually read stuff I get sent as well. I know. Steve does research. Who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? So, Come on, let's get into this. I'm really excited about this one. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that's quite quaffable, isn't it? It is. It, and it it brings that bitterness back. The, the, and, and I'd say the bitterness that's been missing from the other five is here. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah. It's it's malty. There's, there's caramel in it. There's hints of earth, and and then you get this lovely bitter finish to it. The bitter it. finish is delicious. Yeah, that is um, I'm I'm really disappointed. I've got to share that bottle. I bet you are <laughs> with, with you. Um, so, so yeah, just um, Crimbo Crawl hitting Sheffield on Saturday the second of December. Which, just to be clear, we decided about twelve hours after the Newcastle Crimbo Crawl. Well, we we decided on the next three years of of Crimbo Crawls and, and where we were going to go. That is very true. Um, and uh, I'm really looking for... I've, I've been through Sheffield. I've never actually been to Sheffield. We've got... Uh, it's a packed day. It is a packed day. So, so how many venues have we got lined up? It's about eight or nine venues. It's an ambitious route. Um, we're starting at half ten in the morning as well for early risers or locals. Yeah. Starting at Emmanuel's, um, who are opening up early for us. Uh, they've, got, they've actually got. A, they've had to uh, apply for a special event license for us to be there. Just, just um, for us. Yeah. So all about us. Yeah, it is, it is all about us. Um, we're gonna start off there, and then we're going to head to uh, Kellam Island, and we're going to go to the Fat Cat, which is the home of uh, essentially Kellam Island Brewery Tap Pub. Yeah, um, iconic. Which iconic? Which uh, you will no doubt get the best pint of Power Rider in the UK, or you should be able to get the best pint of Power Rider in the oh, UK. I'm looking forward to it. Cause I had a Power Rider at the Chapel Beer Festival, so I'm looking forward to having they, it in its, its home. It was uh, pre beer o'clock show days. It it was a beer that I once awarded as my beer of the year. Um, so that's that's oh, how I, high. That's okay, so we we've got Emmanuel's who we featured a while yes. back. some of their bottled beers. Yeah. Then we go to Kellam Island. Yep. Um, we've got a couple of... Uh, we're doing the Kellam Island Tavern as well, which has got a bit more of a range of beers uh, on. Then we're doing Shakespeare's just off of uh, Kellam Island. And then we're going up to the Bath Hotel, which is a Thornbridge. It's Thornbridge, isn't it? That is. And they're going to put some, some some special stuff on for us there as well. So very excited about that. Then we're going to have a wander around to Devonshire Cat, which again has a great range of beer and has one of the most incredible uh, bottle cages you're ever likely to see. Bottle cage? Yes. It was a cage last time I was in there. It might now be a room or it, it might have been upgraded to something else. Or I might be thinking about somewhere else completely um, <laughs> at this point of the evening. Uh, we can then go from there to uh, Sentinel Brew House um, for some, some beers there and potentially if any of us are... Still standing, a little look around the brewery. Ooh, shiny stuff. Yes. Um, and then to the Rutland Arms. Again, iconic venue yeah. in, in, in Sheffield. Um, and then from there, uh, we plan to finish at the Sheffield Tap uh, at the station so people can get their last train time uh, and what have you. So it's going to be a great day. 
Um, we're going to have a really good time. Anyone that joins us is going to have a great time. Yeah, and people can just join at any stage. Yeah, you don't have to be with us from the beginning. Feel free to join us at whatever point yeah. you want on, on the route. And if you need to leave earlier, leave early. Yeah, so, there, there are commemorative badges which both you and I will have in our pockets. Yes. So make sure you come see us to get your commemorative badge. Yes, because it's you know it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get your commemorative badge on the Sheffield Cream Broker Hall. Absolutely, because they won't be produced again. No, that's a one-off. That is a one-off. Um, so, I think we've given opinions a good beating this week. I think so. There's um, some really good, there were some really good comments, though. It was it was more comments than I expected from that topic, yeah. I've, I've, I've got to say. people. I think people, a lot of people probably didn't have to think about it at times because they've experienced it. I, I think I think we got it right for the time of the year. Yeah, we are well, now. Because people are already considering those sorts yeah, of things. We're now building up to that. Yeah. Where you are going out with people you don't always go out with, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But if you have any um, interesting experiences over the next five weeks because of this, please let oh, us know. I'll share them. Hashtag please, opinions. Please share them. It will be on bittering lingerness. It, it, it will indeed, and we will we will feed every one of those back. So um, it is time to take some listener feedback. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bittering lingerness. Write it down. So first up this week, uh, Mike Maguire at Maguire Mike, uh, deployed with the RAF and doing some catch up on your shows. The Sparkler Creamer debate was fantastic, especially in the knowledge of Landlord Andy, passionate and open. Be interesting to know if any breweries insist on particular dispensing methods. Keep up the good work. First of all, thanks, Mike, and welcome yep. to, to, Hello, to Opinions. Um, it's interesting just to pick up on the one point there that Andy did say, was it uh, Woodford's? Woodford's, and I think he mentioned before when we were doing our summer review of the listener feedback, uh, Crouch Found as well. Insist on not using sparklers. Yes. And when they did the Woodford's wherry for one of the guys in who's very active in the Colchester camera, Colchester North Essex, he was a little bit wary. Sorry, playing words there. <laughs> I should have thought about that. Um, I could have done that even better. And um, basically, he admitted that it was better with the sparkler added. So yes, it was. Uh, there are some. Apparently, uh, Woodford's actually right on the back of the pump clip. Right. Okay. So they make so, it yeah, very clear. So, yeah. Nothing. They want it just to be through the pump. Mm-hmm. Nothing added in between. So yes, but what as we as we said at the time and what Andy and the team do at the Vic, they'll all have a taste. Yeah, and I I, I can't. I, I know we've mentioned it a couple of times already tonight, but I can't reiterate how much I enjoyed doing that show. Oh, it was fantastic. I learned so much. It was fantastic. From Andy as well. Yeah, so thanks to Andy, thanks thanks to Richard as well, who who did get occasionally get the opportunity to say something when Andy wasn't talking. Um, yeah. we, we really enjoyed it. Um, and if you are in Colchester for any reason, whether it be just visiting friends or coming to watch the football and stuff, and may not be that close to the football ground, but it's en route, pop in. You won't be. You won't regret it's it. It's not far from the station, no, is it? It's not you won't far regret off. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next up, we've got uh, another one from Mark Johnson at Mark N. Johnson. Uh, the local forerunner for Camera Pub of the Year doesn't actually serve hand-pulled beer. I might have just found the blog writing inspiration, which ties in nicely to hashtag opinions. Utter bullshit at camera underscore official. What do you think on that one? There's a couple of points there, isn't there? Because, I mean, I think he's spoken about the camera preferred pub, the, the local camera pub. I think on one of his little tour blogs that he did, I think he visited the camera pub. Um, 
But the fact, but the, so presumably they just do it all on gravity, do they? I'm, I'm not if sure. They're, if they're camera pub, it can't they, be cake. Can no, it? they must do real ale in some yeah. shape or format. So does that mean they purely do it off gravity? Well, it'd be interesting because because obviously Mark's a listener, so it'd be nice to. To, to know yeah. a little bit more about this and it'd be interesting to read the blog yeah. that, that, that comes out of, uh, of this as well to see where that goes um, next up we've got our weekly question from Paul at <laughs> UNRCD which I, I see you've taken to actually answering on Twitter I did answer that one as, as, as well so do you know how much money you spend on beer in a year would you want to know and if you did would it, would it expect would it affect the amount that you spend Fairly certain, I mean, I've written down my revised answer, but fairly certain at the time I read no, no, and no. Um, but I think I've expanded it to no, not bothered, no. I think I'm the same, actually. I think there's a part of me that would like to know how much I spend, but equally there's, um, I'm, you know, I've, I've, at a point where I admit that I'm that far down the rabbit hole that actually that's probably as much as I need to spend. I have conversations with people who go... Have you still got the same car? I go, well, yeah, I don't drive it from one week to the next. I commute on the trains. Yeah, but you've had it for ages. Yeah, but it runs. Passes the MOT, he's got nothing it wrong with it. does the job. Does exactly yeah. what it needs to do. Why do I need to change it? Everyone has a spend. A beer is a luxury spend. There's no point in pretending. Otherwise, it's a luxury spend. So provided I've paid for everything else and it doesn't put me in hock... No, I've got no problem at all. So no, I don't know how much I spend. Is it more than I used to spend? Yes. Do I go out less? Probably. Do I go home earlier? Yes. But I probably still spend more on beer per se because I spend a greater amount on less beer probably. I think, is, is this the one that I replied to or was it another one in the week where I said I do miss the days of getting excited about... No, it was off the back of this. Uh, <laughs> get, getting excited at two crates <laughs> yeah. of 18 beers for 20 quid or something like no, that. To be fair, even every so often, because this is the time of year, it's basically this time of year in summer when those offers come yeah. on TV, don't they? You can buy your two case of something. That's a really good offer. I can't. I'm never going to avail myself of that offer anymore. <laughs> no, but I, I do. I, I do kind of look back to. I was like the days where I get used to get really excited about that. Did you ever used to do a booze cruise? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it was just how much stuff can I get in the boot for, for as, as little money as possible. <laughs> exactly. That yeah. was the only aim. Twenty-five centiliter stubbies. Cram them in. Some white wine. Job done. Can I get over the bumps when I come out of customs? <laughs> that was it. Right, that was that was the yeah. goal. And I probably spend less then <laughs> than, than you do now. <laughs> than yeah. I do now. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, final thoughts on the rebirth. Well, you finished yours. I I loved it. This I, I was, like I say, this was the one for me that I'd highlighted as being possibly the, 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 the one in the box. Do you think it's as rich as the current version, though? I don't think it is, no. I, I, I think but it, it's interesting because there's a lot of things different about it. obviously it's, it's it's higher ABV there's it's produced by a different brewery yeah but it's a bit strange isn't it there's a different recipe going into it what thing, ESB is 5.6 yeah um, but this is another point four above and I didn't f- feel that richness no it so was you're, you're, I, I found it really easy to drink oh, bloody that, really easy. I find ESB as it is now easy to drink this is actually probably more dangerous I think this is very dangerous. Um, it's it's interesting because I, I do wonder whether you look at these collabs and, and you wonder whether down the line you'll see the away version come out of these. Oh, oh is that, sorry. 
Is that almost like a football? Well, once it's almost like a home and away thing that you're. I, I've, I, a lot of breweries, when we've spoken to, to them about clubs before, they've always said that they like to do a home and away yeah. league, particularly more. More of that's that one of the live yeah. events that we did. So they, they they made a big point of that. That's one they? of their things is that they do a home and away because they like the people coming to them as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would it would be interesting to see whether this appears in cans in six twelve months time. Approved by camera. Approved by camera. So one more on Bitter and Linganess this week, which ties in to, to what you've just opened in, in the background there. I suppose I should I should say what I've opened then. So it's the Fuller's Vintage Ale 2016 version. So a year on this now. Yeah. Have you tr- you've tried this? I have I have tried this because I do make a point of trying them all fresh. Yeah, I tried it as, at as well. GBBF last year and at did I go to LCBF last year? I think I went to LCBF last year as well. So I tried it twice within two days on cask. Oh, so you had, you've had the cask version. I've had the this. cask version. So I almost I, hate you. So while I pour it, you can let me know what you think of it. What okay, you, so... What you thought of it so, before. Well, what I thought before, apparently I've drunk this twice before. Uh, this might be because we bought um, a job lot of these last year because they were cheap, because they had dodgy labels. Oh yeah, we. Uh, I've got quite a few of these then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did buy quite a lot of these because they had like a white line. Oh, it's this one. Yes, that's the one. And and Fuller's are so particular with their attention to detail that they weren't happy for this beer to go out. So these ones didn't. These were unboxed, weren't they? Unboxed exactly the same beer, just the label that went a bit wrong. Yeah. So. Um, the first time I had it was as part of last year's Big Beery Night, and I was after badges, so it was part of the badge quest as well. So, um, so this was in November last year. Tasting good now, amazing in three years or so, because I'm such an expert, apparently. <laughs> um, and I gave it I four... Like the, I like the way you said it, three years or so. I, I gave it four stars. Second time I had it was in December, so it was about a month later. Uh, a little bit more detail this time. Dark fruits on the nose, maybe a hint of pear, along with earthy woody notes leading to quite a boozy finish. Again, four stars. Oh, well, I've given it four as well, and I said fairly much similar to what you said the first time. Loved the vintage series when young and fresh. Gives hints of what's to come while still being fantastic. Although in, in, in correlation to that, I've had this year's vintage... And about a week ago, said it it's not ready. Not ready. It just it, it you can see you can see where it's going to go, but at the moment it it's not tasting. You see, amazing. Uh, GBBF this year wasn't on till later on the Saturday, and yeah. I'd already left by the time it came on. Right, so, so I, so I have the opportunity. Tried it, yeah. So let's give let's give this a go. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, no, that's, oh, that's oh, lovely. My <laughs> word. There's almost a there's almost a whiskey on that nose. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a peaty whiskey. No, it's a sweet whiskey. Yeah. Oh, that is lovely. That is absolutely delicious. Oh, twenty sixteen was a good year. Twenty sixteen was yeah. a very good year. Which, which ties into so, so the, the last comment we had this week um, from a listener was, um, and this was from Charles Davy at Chuck Davy. Would love to hear your views on collectors' item beers. 
and the value of bottle versus drinking and flavour. I'm talking about Fuller's Vintage Owls. Okay, so, well, I suppose let's uh, well, just to add a little bit more about 2016. Uh, 2016 one had Nelson Savon hops added, which I had to admit at the time I was really surprised. Yeah, because that's quite trendy. Yeah, for Fuller's. And quite a punchy, yeah. fruity aroma. But I had to admit it's got that. It's still got that uh, like Christmas pudding, Christmas cake thing going mm. on in the background, but it feels like these hops have leveled off a lot of that, that sweetness as well. Feels like the hops are beginning to say, you know what, we've done our job. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just here now. We're for, just going to lay back a little while. Yeah. Really well balanced now. So no idea. I have to admit right now, I don't know which way it's going to go because this feels great now. So Yeah, I'm a bit worried about aging this one yeah. for too long. So going to that question, when I did when I did the Fuller's Tour a couple of years ago, I asked fairly much the same question. So obviously Fuller's have been bottling since 1997 now on their Vintage Ale series. And those bottles now go on Fuller's website, almost 600 quid for the 1997 version. And I asked him and he said, they're to be drunk. The bloke who took us around, this was a guy who was steeped in Fuller's history. He'd been there for years. I don't think he really had drunk much else than Fuller's, but he had an absolute love for Fuller's. And he cracked open as part of the end of the tour in the hot bar, 2006 or 2007 which was fantastic I've tasted a 99 before um, and he said well what about if you opened it and it was rubbish or you'd left it too long mm. I do have a couple of really good what I'd consider really good bottles and I suppose harking back to the first show of this series when we spoke about cellar beers for me and I actually had this conversation at the weekend talking about the Fuller's beers with my mates, a bit of a drunken conversation. They said, okay, what about if someone owed you like, gave you £2,000 for that bottle of beer? I said, no, because when I bought it at the time, it was just a drink. I just haven't found that time to drink it. All the beers I've got, I want to drink. I don't want to trade, I don't want to sell. Yeah, it's nice to know that they might be worth something, but that's not the reason why I've gone. So I've got a plan in my head. There's a couple of beers in the next... 12 to 18 months for hit occasions and I intend to drink some some decent what I consider to be decent beers of a decent age yeah I, I think I'm with you on that because I, I replied to to Chuck there and said I, when we get to show 100 I'll be quite happy to get all of my Fuller's vintages out and do them as a vertical tasting because I, I recently had a realisation might be a horizontal show then <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, vertical, horizontal, whatever. Whatever. Well, if we do a vertical tasting, we're going to we're, be horizontal. We're, we're, we're seven beers in. Fuck it. Um, I, I recently found myself with my head in the back of my cellar cupboard uh, a, a week ago or so, looking at the beers at the back, thinking to myself, I'm going to start drinking some of these beers that I'm keeping. And, and there were two things that went through my mind. There was one that I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, yep. having never drunk those beers and never experienced them. And they're going to be left to your sons. And yeah, and they're not going to be age. Yeah, they're not going to be appreciated. So, so why am I bothering? The flip side of that was my house could burn down tomorrow, and I would never get to taste those beers, and I would know that I'd never tasted those beers. Yes. So I've actually got to a point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to start digging into my cellar because I'm keeping these beers for 
and undisclosed time in the future. A bit like that china set, which yeah. your parents had for when the Queen was going to suddenly miraculously turn up at the front yeah. door. And I'm right now, I'm like, you know, this beer's a year old and it's tasting better Bloody than, it, than it was. I mean, I, but clearly, we both loved it last yeah, year when it was but released. this is... And this is this is this is at least a 0.25, maybe yeah. a 0.5 jump for me. It's incredible, and I'm like, well, what's what's the 2014 tasting yeah. like that I've got in the back of that cupboard? No, I think it's a very it's, it's a really good question actually because there's a couple of people I've seen on Twitter who I've interacted with who who do have the whole series, and I'd love to have the whole series of Fuller's Vintage Isles. Oh, I would love kill to just over open, an evening that yeah, one, wouldn't it? Just open that door and go. Oh, that's brilliant. I've got them all. I've got them all. It's, it's, the, it's the complete Panini book, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You've got that last sticker, which you never got yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have it, and I'd love to experience it. But yeah, for me, it's they've been made to be drunk. And, you know, if we go back to the, the snobbery comment, which is obviously about a different different question, but what would be the point of keeping it? What, exactly. What would be the point of... Um, it going it ending up in someone else's hands because for whatever reason or as you say you know some catastrophe in the house and like they go it's like no and I actually had a look on Twitter on uh, Untapped recently of a couple of the ones I want to do in the next year to 18 months of people who were drinking those same beers just to see what the feel was about them and it was still getting some good good reviews good numbers and yeah some of that might be because they want it to be good as well but there was no real adverse comments. I'm thinking, okay, I'm fine at the moment because I've got a, f- a couple of plans. Yeah. But I want everything I've got in my cellar, I either want to just crack open and drink on my own, share with a couple of friends, or take to say the bottle share. There's no beer in there I'm ge- keeping to say, well, I can make a profit on this one. Yeah. Though. No, I've, I've got none of those, but like I say, it's just about finding the right time to share it. Yeah. I still want the right time. I don't want you know. I don't want to just go home and say, "Oh, I need a beer." <laughs> Fuck it. I'm <laughs> gonna have. I'm gonna have this one. I'm gonna. Yeah. Have, I'm gonna have the 1996, which no one's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. And do that kind of thing. So no, no, I'm not gonna do that. But they're there to be drunk. That's that's what the brewers made it to be. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and at the time, it was six pound a bottle still, or four pound a bottle. What probably was the price at the time. I think it was four pound. Yeah. You know. Uh, so it yeah. was never meant to be anything else. Yeah. But I do love the question. It's brilliant, brilliant question, and maybe we'll, we will find that out in show one hundred because I, like I said, I've promised to, to to crack all of all of my fullers when we get there. As always, um, if you want to comment on anything that we've featured tonight, use hashtag opinions. Yep. Um, get involved in, in in what we do. Um, next week we've got um, what are we doing next week? Wild weather beers. Yeah, we're doing that, wild weather that, that that we've been sent. Yeah. So I'm not not quite sure what opinions we'll be doing yet but we definitely know we're doing some wild weather beers yeah you'll, you'll definitely hear from us yes <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely so we're gonna um, we're gonna kick back and, and finish and off finish our lovely fullest uh, vintage, vintage from last year um and we look forward to hearing from from you all in the week yeah, here's to the next 50 oh absolutely mate cheers, cheers. you've got a friend in me you've got a friend in When the road looks rough ahead in your mind